0: Who were the players who made Anthony Hinks this look good? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> or look slightly better? There's uh, Somebody in, uh, has got in touch on Twitter, um, a nice Graham of cricket. Don't like your avatar, bit rude. Um, what is it? I, I'm not going to tell you. Um,
1: is it phallic? It is. <laughs> really don't.
0: Really, I mean, really. I mean, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it is. Um, Outrage from Southampton. <laughs> it,
0: <laughs> it is a screen grab. Of Andy Hinchcliffe from Championship Manager yeah. back in oh, yes, uh, when, you were, when you were 24 years old. Wow. So that was 93, Not my peak, though. Not my peak. Age, 24 years. Club, Everton. Country, England. Contract. Oh, was going to expire on the 11th of February. 11-2? No, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, wages. In 1993, is this accurate? Were you on £4,950 a week? A week. A week.
1: No. Nowhere near. Absolutely not. No um, more. <laughs> no. Okay. How <laughs> no, no, no. how inaccurate is this? Yeah. Status slash value: one point five million. Oh, I've got to, That's got to be undervalued massively, hasn't it? Imagine in nineteen ninety what? Three. Uh, Ninety-three. Well, oh, actually, probably yeah. That was rubbish. Um,
0: st- uh, the insurance apparently was, was six hundred pounds. Insurance. A week. They got rid of that, didn't they? <laughs> Position: defender. Side: L. Mm. Uh, character: unselfish. <laughs> that's very true. You must know that. Right, and here are your stats. Yeah. Passing. What. Twelve these are out of twenty. Out of twenty, out of 20
2: okay.
1: Yes. Passing, twelve. Twelve! That's what Kevin Keegan thought. Tackling, fourteen. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And more. This is ridiculous.
0: Pace, sixteen.
1: Yes, I was very quick. Your
0: pace four better than your passing. Yes.
1: Heading, ten. Ten? Have they seen the Manchester Derby? <laughs> Flair, seven! Flare How do you even quantify flare? Creativity 12 Not bad no way I wasn't creative at all I just kicked it stamina 10 oh outrageous. come on now that's ludicrous
2: 50% stamina is that's outrageous. rubbish
1: <laughs> influence
0: 7 <laughs> on what
2: on this podcast yeah and after
0: <laughs> in, in this person's game availability 100% match fit <laughs>
1: No, no yes that's yes that was the year that at, was the year at I this was point, fit.
0: at this point in the game in this season you'd played 14 times scored once got man of the match once and your average rating was 6.57 out of 10 6.5 last, I take that last season your average rating was seven point six
3: eight. Great season that, for the boy. That's not a bad, that's what not a bad. campaign!
1: But talking about stats, can I, have I got? Can I have got time to show you something? Oh, yes. Some of the things that I find. Can I? drop pa- the headphones down and just get something out of a, a drawer?
0: My, uh, my, <laughs> <laughs> oh, future. He is happy to stay at the club. It says at the bottom of the screen grab, which has before Howard Kendall <laughs> came out. Doesn't take into account f- Howard. What? To, what you so, might have seen
1: you yeah, you need to put, put the headphones on. You're working, things.
0: broadcasting change. Yep.
1: I, I forgot now to, to talk when the microphone card. was near my mouth. <laughs> um, these are th- it's how you're depicted during your career. Now, I know with the modern players, there's so many platforms and there's so many pictures and uh, stuff of players. But back in the day, it wasn't quite like that. So there are only certain places that you might see your, <clears throat> your own likeness. Now, I have a face that is a caricaturist dream, isn't it? <laughs> the angles, no. the clefts. You're very there's hand- a lot there for them to work with. So You're very handsome. I just wanted to, this is going to be, because th- I presume this is audio, the podcast, isn't it? Oh, yes, just so that so you So people know. can't see the podcast, no. is that correct? Yes. So that's you, correct. Got, got you might have to explain camera show, You might have to explain what I'm showing you here. Th- these are the ones that, oh, actually, you don't want to see that one first. This is the, so these are depictions of myself. Now, this one I quite like. I don't know, Rory, can you kind of give so this people is a flavour of what you're looking at here? I would say this
3: is 1995-era Andy Hinsliff. Well, no, it it no be, because, because it's the England.
1: England kit, so when with, would that be?
3: With curtains. Well, it, that must be the, that's the 98 kit, so this yeah. must be 1998. Yep. So it's, it's Andy Hinsliff with curtains, mm-hmm. a haircut from 1995, <laughs> wearing the 1998 England <laughs> kit. Yes. Uh, with his... One arm, his right arm drawn across his chest and his left arm disappearing behind his back mm. in a sort of Cossack dance. <laughs> it's just and a his bit
0: contorted, isn't it?
3: his left foot walloping a ball. Delivering a fine forward pass, you'd uh, say. But his right foot well, his looks right like the ankle is breaking.
0: I was right like, <laughs> whilst the right leg is currently undergoing
1: some sort of ACL tear. What <laughs> my expression? What, what are you angry about? I don't know. I don't, that's the thing I was going to say to you. Yeah, what, yeah, you why, got... why, do I, why am I p- uh, depicted like this? is because your ligament is tearing
3: at, the, at ah, the, moment, so the moment. I'm getting myself injured yeah. on is, this picture. That
0: is your very high pain threshold uh, currently being breached.
2: No, this is the face of somebody who can't decide what they're ordering for their child. <laughs> ah <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. It's really starting to trouble him.
0: It's slightly inaccurate on the basis of the fact that your hips are less wide than your head in okay. this picture.
1: Which is, also, you very, very much have um, Desperate Dan's chin there. Well, I, yeah, but that's that's not unusual. This, this one here, before the, the advent of the bobblehead, there was these figures that came out Again, the head is oh, slightly. I, had, I used to have these. Y- seriously? Yeah. My not, head is oversized. My head w- isn't that big compared no. to my body. But can you explain <laughs> what, again, what what this. They there's were, actually a couple here. I'll give you. This, there's an Everton one. My, on, on the Manchester City one, I seem to have a spider upon my head. <laughs> and My hair was never like that. Do you know who you look my like? My eyes like? look slightly wonky. In the Man
3: City one. So these were little fi- plastic figurines that they sold in the 1990s where Very they were on like headed. a green base with a ball, a white ball at the foot. And then the small body, big head. They weren't bobble heads, They didn't but they bobble. They were big heads, were they? But they were, they were called big, big heads, heads, were they? Yes. In the Manchester City edition, you looked like the person who can only be described as the other Gallagher. <laughs> so, not Liam. Like he's, trying to, he's, started, he's trying to grow dreadlocks. Or, in fact, does he look
1: a bit like, does he look like, a bit like Peter Kay? He looks a yes, bit like Peter Kay. Yes, there's a bit on that, yes. The, the
3: roly-poly funny man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, next. Right, th- again, these are ones that I... Those I'm relatively happy with. These ones, this is the, the England coin collection. Oh, the coin is awful. Is the coin. But, uh, again, wh- is this cast in straight uh, What that, on earth has happened to me on this, this coin? I'll tell you what's
0: happened to you. You have been put in the same contraption as Han Solo is at the end of The ah. Empire Strikes Back. You look a back. bit
3: like a picture of Mining Misery from the 1970s, where they go to a village in Doncaster and... and Show lots of people with soot on their faces <laughs> to show how difficult life is. Oh, no. But also, it looks a bit like you've maybe. <laughs> this is a reward from your your campaign to invade Dacia in the year 80 BC.
0: He, he, this, this is something <laughs> that has been excavated from Pompeii, yeah. but it's not a coin. It's a full human.
3: Yes, exactly. Yeah, there is something haunting so about that's that. That's Biggest Taclus, the, uh, the <laughs> famous Roman left back. Uh, but this is this just a. Po- yeah, who is fossilized.
1: that? Oh my Look god. At, exactly Stephen Oh my god What on Who on earth Produced that,
3: that it, No Hang on That's That, that looks someone. like Jeff Hurst Has had his no, Like no. a
1: massive Reaction to a Botox <laughs> injection That is somebody Else's face that's No not, no he, I, 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 there, there are There are the, the Hinchcliffe is in there no, it's but not. It's very hard to find. That what looks is more that? like
3: Andy Sinton than Andy Hinchcliffe. It does look more like Andy Sinton than Andy Hinchcliffe. Because it's a Andy Wednesday
1: strip, isn't it? So it's it's clearly. I mean, you're also
3: very fat in that Chinch. Yeah, the but
1: this. Like, it just doesn't look like me. Do you know?
3: You looked a little bit like uh, who was in um who was. In Ball- Stephen Tompkinson in yes Yes, yeah. was a bit like Stephen Tomkinson playing the role of a hard-bitten northern husband <laughs> slash DCI Banks
1: but again I look out, again, angry
0: we will put these on Twitter and we will find out whose face it actually is tremendous this is Set Piece Many the podcast where four friends talk football over food the food because Nicky is we are at Andy Hinchcliffe's again because Nicky is currently not available there is no food because yeah, that would rely upon Chinch being able to provide some and as a result of his complete inability to do that however he has at least given us caffeine which is something that even he is capable of although he did have to check how to work the espresso machine because he didn't understand how to start it i have people for these things and then stop it joining me hugh ferris are steve wyath commentator on football in seven different leagues and counting Rory Smith owner of seven maroon jumpers and counting and Andy Hinchcliffe winner of seven England caps but nobody's counting Uh, you can get in touch via setpiece menu on Twitter setpiece menu at gmail.com you can also continue the conversation on Facebook just search for setpiece menu thank you for all your uh, correspondence as ever we are still getting plenty on Attervelds by the way and who (laughs) you support and why I promised on last week's pod that I'd sprinkle a couple couple more uh, of the latter this email comes from Douglas Wood It started off being quite long, so this is the abridged version. Dear Rory Smith's podcast, Uh, my apologies for addressing Yarl this way, but I thought I'd use that greeting to indicate that I'm writing to you from the United States. That's what they say there. Specifically, Decatur, Georgia, which is a um, suburb of Atlanta. I hope i pronounced that correctly. I began listening to Set Piece Menu after seeing a link to the pod from Rory's New York Times column. The link is still titled Listen to Rory Smith's podcast. I believe that Rory's boss, Andrew Das, owes Hugh, Chinch and Steve an apology.
3: No, because I've told them to keep it that
0: way. (laughs) I don't see why it couldn't read... Rory Smith on set piece menu with the accompanying text listen to a podcast featuring the Times as soccer correspondent discuss the game over the food with a commentator presenter I like it how it is now oh, I bet you do the reason for my email is twofold first of all I want to thank you for mentioning my tweet about Harold Schumacher as the goalkeeper for the Atterveld 11 I was walking my two dogs in my neighbourhood when I heard it and I gave the two pooches quite a start when I shouted yes and re- raised my arms in triumph very American of me I'm sure but it was the absolute highlight of my day and I made sure to play it for my family at dinner that night it is truly the small things that make life worth living
3: I will require further information on What sort of dodge they are.
0: Okay, if you could do that, please uh, let us know. That is Douglas's job. Uh, Second, the recent episodes about supporting your local team and fan legitimacy have really struck a nerve with me because of my hometown. Atlanta sports fans have been heavily criticised for their lack of passion for our professional sports teams. Even when our baseball team, the Atlanta Braves, were consistently winning and making the MLB playoffs, there were empty seats at the stadium. The main reason for this is that Atlanta is a city of transplants who bring with them their allegiances to their hometown team. I am a rare species, however, a native of Atlanta. There are passionate Braves fans like my father, who is from Georgia and grew up supporting Atlanta's minor league team, the Crackers. Yes, the Atlanta Crackers. He says he's not making that up. In stark contrast with Atlanta's sporting history, is Atlanta United our MLS club currently playing in its second season? Based on attendance, Atlanta United is the best supported club in MLS. I'm one of the club's more than 36,000 season ticket holders. The team currently holds the top five single-game attendance records in the ML- in MLS. The success came as a huge surprise to most people outside of Atlanta, as soccer has traditionally not fared well in the South, which is dominated by college football. The success is due in part to the team's winning ways on the pitch, but what has not been mentioned is that in a city of transplants, very few people had prior relationships with other MLS teams. It's only been going 22 years. So when Atlanta United began to play, there were very few fans of other MLS clubs living in Atlanta. Um, I write all this to say that I have no problem recognising the legitimacy of fans who live far away from the hotel's of their clubs so this is fascinating you've got no moving because there weren't any teams from where those people have moved in a city of transplants that in other sports have brought their own teams and don't support the one where they live
3: yep yeah, it's really interesting the The Atlanta story in, in MLS is fantastic and I think they, they are by attendance did you know that's Rory? by the way did I you did. know that they were really well I think by attendance they are the 15th biggest club in the world really yeah in terms right. of average attendance
0: they play in the Mercedes-Benz Arena which is one of the most glorious. Sounds like it's sponsored, is that? Yeah. yeah, they have What's a deal it? with someone. Um, it's, it, it's the Falcon Stadium, they also play My favorite company. My is favourite it?
3: tweet yeah. of the year was from my good friend Jack Pitt Brook when he was at the, uh, San Siro for the Inter Spurs game. Uh, and his tweet was Is it San Siro like Wembley or the San Siro like the MLS? <laughs> Which is, if you put the MLS on Twitter, lots of people say, It's actually MLS. <laughs> And he was he was pastichean. That very funny. <laughs> right, so when you said the MLS, did he get a few Which, bites? I, which people the, will? The, um, did Jack successfully reel a couple in? Oh, many many, many people. Yes, yeah. it was an excellent bit of tweet tweet tw- Twitter content.
0: Uh, Matt Spicer, another one of our Melbourne correspondents. Good day, Steve. Amongst others. Good lad. I'm Australian and live in Melbourne. I went to the match at the MCG in 2013 that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago when Liverpool played Melbourne Victory uh, in uh, an episode 97, I think. That, that as a name
3: for a club that is really that's Dancing with the Devil, isn't it, Melbourne Victory? <laughs>
0: you can only live up to that name very rarely Uh, it's not the reason I support the club I do though I support Arsenal the reason is this Thierry Henry was the first footballer I'd ever heard of when I was about 13 years old, watching the 2002 World Cup after school because it was in the perfect time zone for us. I can pinpoint the moment, however, that my love for Arsenal was cemented. It was Good Friday, 2004. Arsenal had just been knocked out of the Champions League and FA Cup in the space of a week and the chances of going invincible in the league looked like they could be up when we were 2-1 down to Liverpool at half-time at Highbury. I remember clear as day, I was at my dad's house up in the middle of the night watching when I wasn't supposed to be. Perez had equalised to make it 2-2 and then it happened. Thierry Henry picked the ball up just inside halfway, glided past her man. Didn't we decide that glided was actually glued or glade uh, past her man? Ran at four Liverpool players whilst making Carragher crash into Herpier and then side-footing across Dudek. I went delirious! Woke the whole house up. Since that night slash day, I've got up early or stayed up late for so many matches that I have lost count. I love the club, I love the history, I love the fans. I've read a lot about past players and coaches to make sure I can't be called a glory hunter, which is a massive thing in Australia. In saying all of that, I am also an eight-year season ticket holder at Melbourne Victory, my local team. I've missed two home games in the last five years. So that's Matt in Melbourne. So he's got a hometown team and a team that he identified with through a moment that he will always feel very proud of.
2: That's
3: very nice. Yeah. Matt, Matt's basically done what we suggested yeah. you do. So well, he, is, he is a paradigm of virtue.
0: Uh, Adam, who is at 35who on Twitter, just like every episode said, Adam, at setpiece menus double on fandom always makes me think about the issue differently. I used to slightly sneer at the YouTube fan, he says, following the club because of X or Y player. But my second team, Macclesfield, is based on one that I managed in Football Manager 11.
1: So he can't sneer at anybody.
3: Well, he shouldn't be to their bottom. and They've not won a game yet. Yeah. Um, Nobody sneers at a Macclesfield <laughs> no. fan for anything. Certainly reason. not Eric Nixon.
1: I told you. I haven't told you my Eric Nixon. Anyway, we'll <laughs> leave that for another day. I'm determined to tell you my Eric Nixon story. <laughs> Will you make a note of these ones? It was hilarious. You, you only you
0: only think of the ones that you haven't told on days that you already have. Even one I
1: home. thought that's surprising, Eric. <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs>
0: Thank you to all those regular correspondents like Adam, in fact, who are spreading the word of Set Menu to others via Twitter and other ways. Um, Like I always say, you are our marketing department, so we very much rely on your efforts. Thank you. Setpeesmenu at gmail.com is our email address at Menu on Twitter. Uh, So then, to this week's subject, originally suggested uh, actually on Twitter by Chris Walker. It was a long time ago, uh, but we're nothing if not wildly inefficient. Uh, We can't actually find the original tweet, but uh, we did make a note of it, so Chris will have to forgive us if it's slightly misremembered. Essentially, it's this. What do young English managers have to do to get a top job? Case study, Eddie Howe. After their incredible rise to the Premier League, Bournemouth have finished 16th, 9th, And 12th, all under Eddie Howe, of course. Their start to this season has been impressive as well. He's just 40 at the moment. He plays the kind of football chairman and chief executives of Champions League clubs have suddenly decided is non-negotiable, unless you're Ed Woodward. Uh, So why is he not at the top of every big team's wish list? Other countries seem to not harbour any fears about taking a chance on a young ingenue, while other sports, particularly in France, I'd imagine, while other sports seem to uh, be able to identify talent... And promote it. I'll move on before citing examples from the NFL because there are plenty. So what do young English managers have to do to get a top job?
3: Well, be German. <laughs> and so, in your 20s. Uh, I, yeah. So I would say that if Eddie, Eddie Howe looks quite German, so he's he's already made a start. The problem that Eddie Howe's got, and he's a great example, is that the, the, the ladder that used to exist does not exist anymore. So it, it, Eddie Howe was, what, 33 when he got the Bournemouth job, I think? Maybe younger, thirty-one. Young, yeah. yeah. Um, Which when is Bournemouth were in veteran in Bundesliga statements. Exactly. Yeah, granddad they'd call <laughs> yeah. it whatever German is for granddad. No, I'm not going to fill Come that gap because I don't know. No. Hmm? What's German for granddad? You must know.
0: Why must I?
2: We do loads of German football.
0: <laughs> you
2: must. Have I watched Freiburg
3: against Leverkusen. They don't stop talking about, about Freiburg Leverkusen. It was nil-nil. Get <laughs> over it, it. was off. Opa. Opa. Uh, they call him Opa. Uh, Brilliant, I'm glad. That was a long walk <laughs> to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like super fater or something. <laughs> super Grandenvater. <laughs> Grandenvater. <really. Grandenfater. laughs> uh the, what's German for dad?
0: Vater. Grossvater is grandfather as opposed to granddad, which is Opa.
3: Grossvater. There Sounds you go. That it, was yeah. definitely worth yeah. it. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> pure <laughs> our jokes aside. It's this is another drunk episode. Yeah. It's already
2: going to be a drunk episode. This Ginch, is... what have
1: you
0: given
3: us? What,
2: yeah,
1: what was in that coffee, coffee <laughs> wasn't it? You can't work the Nespresso machine because you're putting brandy in it. Well, you gave us that coffee that had been through the bowels of was yes. it, whatever. I, well, the coffee you've just drunk has been through the bowels of Dexter, my dog. <laughs> so, anyway, it <laughs> could be a long afternoon. Was,
0: orange
3: juice was a bit spicy. <laughs> I'm going to make a serious point. Okay, okay we, so. we
1: all
0: bow down yeah. to your seriousness.
3: It's not that it's just we've got to start we've got to start the content, otherwise it's just it's just banter and people don't like that. People get cross when yes, it's just there's there's other podcasts for that. Eddie Howe got the Bournemouth job at a time when Bournemouth were in dire straits and in lead lead two. So he did and he did very well. He then got his shot at Burnley, which was a step up at the state at that time. It didn't work out for personal reasons. He went back to Bournemouth, picked up where he left off. And got them into the Premier League, established them in the Premier League, turned them into uh, an attractive, to be honest, basically quite secure Premier League team. I don't think many people would have gone into this season thinking Bournemouth were nailed on certs for relegation.
1: I tipped them for relegation, <laughs> but
3: you, they would have been in the conversation. But you would have it's They not still could you, get relegated. You would so expect let's not them, to, exactly. That's you,
0: you, you put them in the bottom three of the SPNPLPL, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What
3: you said. So he has done everything you could possibly ask Eddie how to do in that position. He's he's. He's done Championship Manager in real life. He's taken Bournemouth into the Premier League, basically. That is, his his next step should be, I would say, not necessarily Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea. And I think there's always far too much focus on making that immediate leap from Bournemouth to Manchester. Why isn't Eddie Howe getting the Manchester United job? I think his next step should be to Everton, probably just Everton, to be perfectly honest. They're the only club who still straddle that gap between the smaller teams and the big clubs.
0: So, so Marco Silva is... Essentially, the Portuguese Eddie Howe, and because Eddie Howe is British, but
3: the but the, the question you have to ask is: Marco Silva goes to Watford, has a great year, one year, fantastic, then gets distracted by the Everton job and has a terrible few months and gets sacked, and is then given that the Everton, one yeah. job that would potentially be the the launch pad to getting a one of the true elite jobs. When Eddie Howe was who is an, who is a boyhood Everton fan. Was not, not only did not get the job, was not in the conversation. Eddie Howe, as you say, plays the right sort of football. I think there are question marks over Eddie Howe's, how good Bournemouth are without the ball? I think if, if you look at it in a nerdy football sense, you'd have to question, are Bournemouth defence... Has Eddie Howe shown enough at Bournemouth to say that he could coach an elite defence against elite teams? And that's a, va- that's a valid question.
0: But having said that, he's, he, is def- he is coaching that defence to not be as bad that it undermines everything that they do yes. in a positive sense yeah. so he's clearly oh, doing I enough this is the point that he,
3: Eddie Howe b- boyhood Everton fan Eddie Howe I really could have presented this whole argument much better and centred it on Everton which is the one job as I say that straddles the line between the other 13 teams Leicester may be in a similar position the other 13 teams and the, the top 6 there is one or two jobs you can go from Bournemouth to Burnley or Bournemouth to Brighton or whatever and it's not going to make any difference just the top six teams will look at you and think managing a a club of the scale of Bournemouth is not the same as managing Arsenal the job is, is so different the scale is so much bigger as to make the job completely different you need some sort of comparable experience Everton and maybe Leicester are that experience Eddie Howe had one shot at the Everton job this summer he is a boyhood Everton fan and the job was given to Marco Silva who had in a year done roughly what Eddie Howe's done consistently for the last three years. But on paper, Why?
1: does it look sexier?
0: The point about Marco so Silva we should make at this uh, juncture is to not undermine stuff that we said about Marco Silva prior is that the reason that Marco Silva was getting jobs and not Gary Rowlett um, at the time that, <laughs> of course, he got <laughs> the whole job is that he has been very successful in other countries, which in this country we are very quick to diminish. So perhaps we should also say at this point that even though he had some good weeks... Um, at Watford and also did pretty well even though Hull were relegated he has previously done some things which qualify him perhaps to be the Everton manager even though in isolation just the previous year or two you might say well Eddie Howe's just as qualified.
3: So I think what clubs do when they look for potential managers is they look for people who have what they feel is is comparative experience so People complain that you know the manager of Tranmere would never get the Liverpool job, but that's because from Liverpool's perspective, being manager of Liverpool is a different job. It's not just coaching a team, there's lots of other stuff you have to take into consideration. So Liverpool, when they're looking for potential managers, will look at Borussia Dortmund, for example, and say that is a club of a similar profile to ours, the guy who did really well there, there is reason to believe he might do quite well with us. That's logical. And so, when Everton appointed Silva, they would have looked at Watford and they'll have looked at Hull, but they would also have looked at Sporting Lisbon and at um, Olympia Olympiacos because they are that's the sort of profile of club that you need to be able to work at to work at Everton, who are a bigger a bigger prospect than than Watford, with all due respect to Watford. So there is reason to give Marco Silva that job. There is a reason Marco Silva is highly thought of. What I find surprising is not that Eddie Howe doesn't get these jobs; it's the fact that he is so rarely even mentioned in contention for them. With Deitch, you can kind of understand it because he is not necessarily rightly he is typecast for being gritty because of his voice and for being of Burnley and therefore of the north and therefore not sexy. With Howe it doesn't make any sense because and this'll sound facetious. Howe is at a southern club, which is important. He's it's a romantic story. It's not there's not that same sort of sense of grit that there is with Burnley where you sense that the kind of the inherent kind of roughness of, of the the team and the place and the kind of the hardness, not roughness, hardness of the team and the place can't be transplanted elsewhere. Bournemouth are a modern football team. They have a, they have a beach. They, ha- they, they have a beach. They're soft as they're in the south. <laughs> the papers are all based in the south. The TV's based in the south, and they play they play the sort of football as you say that kind of everyone wants to play. And Eddie Howe's good looking, and he's not that Sean Dyche isn't hugely attractive or media friendly, but Howe is good looking and he's available to the media, so he has a good media profile. It makes no sense that he is not even a contender for those jobs when they come up. The thing that interests me about a couple of things that, that Rory has said is that firstly he mentioned about you know is Eddie Howe
2: capable of coaching and elite defence? Well, if it was to be this, the case of currently stepping up from Bournemouth to Everton, they're playing in the same competition, mm-hmm. same, same problems as things stand although obviously Everton would be hoping to bring in a coach who would get them into Europe on a regular basis and, and therefore that might be a problem for further down the line the other thing that interests me bearing my, we're using the Everton comparison of Marco Silva is yes Marco Silva was working with big clubs at Olympiacos and Sporting but those are clubs where very much his responsibility would have been as a coach mm-hmm. to coach the players that the size of the club the other problems that are inherent with a club of that scale are generally dealt with by other people. Whereas obviously that's still a transition that we are making in the, the Premier League. The, the the role between football manager or, or head coach is still less well defined. So it it sort of surprises me in some ways that Everton would look at that situation and would say, that guy who has mainly been responsible for coaching at big clubs, is better equipped to come here and be our football manager than a guy who is the longest-serving football manager currently in the Premier League. It would seem as though in terms of the day-to-day operation of a Premier League club, Eddie Howe knows more about that than Marco Silva does. If you're making a decision on coaching ability, that's a different thing. But I'm not entirely convinced that, having been a coach in Greece and Portugal... Means you are better equipped to manage a Premier League team than a current Premier League manager. Surely the decisions are being made for
3: other reasons. Well, I think the and this the, really isn't this isn't a criticism of Everton appointing Marco Silva at all. It's just a really good, just a good, good, really point good of example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Becau, partly because Eddie Howe is an Everton fan, yeah, and that it would make sense on any on more, more levels than than normal really for him to go to Everton. Um, is he
0: an Everton fan because he grew up during the nineties? And
1: they had an amazing left back. I know he. I think he was a right back, wasn't he, Eddie Howe when he played? Well, there must have been something that tipped the balance, and it was yeah, it was probably me.
2: So, yeah. actually, what we probably mm-hmm. could have done is we could have managed to get Eddie Howe here to speak for himself yeah. if we'd have promised him a meeting with that,
1: him. He 100, probably of, would, been week, he would have been too nervous. He would have been too nervous because he has run away from me when I've been doing Bournemouth matches and I think it's to do with my, my powerful presence.
3: Uh, no doubt <laughs> at, at all. The thing about the, the, the size of clubs that you've coached at, so Silva would have worked with the sporting director at Sporting and Olympiacos, as you say, just as he did at Watford, where Gino Pozzo basically fulfils that role. And although they have an actual sporting director as well, uh, and as Marcel Brands does at Everton, so they wanted someone who would work in that structure. Eddie Howe has a sporting director effectively at Bournemouth um, because they, there is a sort of degree of modernity at Bournemouth in, in, that, in that sense of in that structural sense. So I think they could both function in that in that structure. Um, it, it's really hard not to be all about it, but it basically it does come down to and I say this is a great advocate for foreign football and foreign coaches, it comes down to the fact that Marco Silva's foreign and is therefore slightly more appealing for some reason. What that has to be—that That is the only thing that can explain why clubs continually turn away from... How and Dyke. i I'm not one of those who thinks manager gets team to fourth in the championship and therefore should be given the Manchester United job that is not how football works I, th- I think it's totally logical that when Arsenal went out and got a manager they didn't look at Eddie Howe does Eddie Howe doesn't have the experience at Bournemouth that is relevant to a club of the size of Arsenal that, that's not what I'm saying in the slightest but there does come a point with, with both Deitch and Howe where you have to say what exactly do you have to do to get a big job
0: uh, we'll, we'll plot a, uh, a kind of a yeah. fantasy career path in a second that was
1: interesting about Dean Smith going to Aston Villa from Brentford because he's a a Villa fan. And that
0: was something that you said on the television they should look at and they weren't enough and then it turns out that everybody else turned them down. We had
1: Thierry Henry and you had (laughs) John Terry but he was not even in the conversation. It was all foreign coaches and then he was, well, possibly Dean Smith and I was saying, well, the best man for the job you're talking about Villa are not a Premier League club, they're a championship club so they've got one of the best, probably the best championship coach. Okay, he's not got Brentford promoted. He might have gone very close this season. Presumably, they've gone for him for all the right reasons. Not necessarily because he's a Villa fan. His heart will be in the job. But because he's a very good coach. And this is why it will be interesting to see how Brentford do now he's left. How Villa do got a very good squad. Mm. And they've got arguably the best coach who's working the championship to, 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 to bring into the club. Rather than the sexier Jerry Henry or John Terry's gone in there as number two. That'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works. But clearly, they've gone maybe for a bit of balance. They've gone for a really good coach, Dean Smith. And John Terry alongside him. Does that tick all the boxes for the Villa fans of thinking, well, we've got a big name, whether you can coach or not, we've got John Terry, but we've got a really good, solid coach as well who will get this team possibly very close to getting promoted. So Aston Villa have done the right thing yeah. in appointing someone like Dean Smith, right for the club at the time yeah. that they need him.
3: So I, I did the radio with with Ian Wright and Chris my close personal friend. Uh, when <laughs> your, your WhatsApp group buddies. My WhatsApp group buddies. Um when, uh, there's another one without you, Chinch. When uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. When the Henri Terry story, uh, Henri to Villa story was sort of breaking. Obviously, it didn't happen. I was very much of the of the view that that was Villa being seduced by glamour and Altieri oh, Henri. That will that will excite the fans. So let's do that, even though there's no there's no indication really a that he's a midfield manager because although he's been coaching, he's never managed before. And b what the hell is his relationship with John Terry? How's that going to work? Both Sutton and Wrighty were very much more positive, saying that what Villa need at this point in Villa's history is is a shot of excitement and risk and glamour. And I think there is an argument that can be made for that. But to me, appointing Dean Smith is not only the right thing for the club, it's also right for the ladder, for the ladder of progression in the manager's career. So Dean Smith goes to Brentford does well at Brentford. You deserve a step up. A step up from Brentford in the Championship is Villa, fallen giant in the Championship.
1: So where would he go if he takes well, so Villa up? What, where would he? Go? Is he in the same? Is Traditionally, he in the Eddie, Eddie Howe category then.
3: Let's assume that Dean Smith has unlimited potential. Traditionally, what would happen is he would get Villa promoted, and immediately win the European Cup. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> the, he would get Villa promoted, and establish them in the, pre, in the Premier League, and maybe you know, decent cup run, beat you know Chelsea at home a couple of times, whatever. And he would then be given a chance at a club on the next run up, whether that's a sort of non dysfunctional Newcastle well, or it used to be Villa. It used to be Villa, yeah. The, the fact of, in fact the fact that teams like Villa and Leeds aren't there anymore is probably part of the problem. To be, to be perfectly honest, there aren't those chances because yeah.
1: it's, th- it's seven and thirteen, it's, well, it's, it's six one, six, one 13, yeah. But do the do the foreign clubs in Germany and Spain and Italy? Will they look at Eddie Howe? Would they look at Dean Smith? or would they just simply not consider them if english clubs aren't considering them and they're english is it any different for the foreign clubs looking at young english managers because we seem to obviously taking a lot of foreign coaches mm. it doesn't does it work in reverse would they even so, contemplate so let let's categorize bringing clubs. in a young english coach
0: as being European qualifying clubs. Yeah, so the, yeah. top, the top seven or eight potential European qualifying clubs mm. in other leagues, would they look at Eddie Howe or do they think, there's no point in looking at Eddie Howe because we've got eight different Eddie Howes already in the system who yeah. are German yeah. and without wanting to be unnecessarily jingoistic and nationalistic, we want to promote those German coaches yeah. in the way that the English clubs don't necessarily want yeah. to be in the same way.
3: What do you reckon?
2: You look at the Bundesliga and they, you've written about it they have that progression mm. of in, in the same way they, they progress footballers, they progress coaches. You get the sense that that happens in Spain as well,
1: and so they produce enough of their own that they don't need to think about how, other nationalities
2: How well have has English football traveled in recent mm. years, mm. not terribly, whether you're talking about players or the rare. Coaching appointment overseas, we're got people like Chris Coleman, Moyes. Gary Neville, Moyes. It's not necessarily
3: worked out brilliantly. It has has it
1: spectacularly well? Has it?
3: McLaren did okay in Holland. Thing is, I he, think he won the, he won the league, uh, league th- in Holland. I maybe. think Steve's completely right. That my guess is that in Germany they're thinking they've got this big thing in Germany at the moment about producing not just players but coaches from the academy so they all grow up together which is why you get people like Nadelman and Tedesco and what have you. There's three or four under 40 in the Bundesliga. Um, although they t- they do actually tend to have relatively short lifespans. Tedesco and Nidelsman are different but the giant Verder, who was 36, got sat a couple of weeks ago, and or was it Verder? Anyway, they're not all they're not all Wunderkinden. They're, some of them do fail. It's not always a success, but it doesn't deter them from yeah. trying it again. That's true. They there's not there's
2: not a panic in the aftermath. Going right quick, we need to find a 95 year, year old from Switzerland
3: to yeah. come in and do the job. Now. If
0: if the Wunderkins don't work out, they don't necessarily go straight to a gross farter.
3: For example. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Well put, They don't do what the English what English football does, which is automatically tar everyone of that ilk with the same brush. So it's we've got a French. Coach, but it's, we're not. We've not the one that won the lead, so we must never employ another <laughs> Frenchman. They
0: t- it's like reacting to your f- your previous girlfriend. You you yeah. you are dumped by that previous girlfriend. You go the exact opposite yeah. the next time around, and then you realise that that was probably just as bad. And then you go car crashing between failed relationship to failed relationship. Anyway, so and then it's Hugh talking about a friend <laughs> of yours. No, yeah, he yeah. then
2: takes a long hard look in the mirror and realises that maybe he's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes, common <laughs>
0: denominator. Is that well? That that's the conclusion we're going to come to with Premier League clubs. So maybe she comes to that <laughs> yeah. conclusion with me as well. So I,
3: I think that probably counts Germany out. So I think they look yeah. at how and th- not only the fact that he's probably earning quite a lot more money than most coaches in the Bundesliga. But I think they'd look at how and think, well, there's no point getting him because we have this guy who's of a similar profile and understands the culture. There will be question marks, I would guarantee, in Italy about how tactically competent British coaches are. I suspect that would count against them. Although, obviously, there is a tradition of British coaches in Italy. Um, Spain and France, I'd say, would be the... Spanish clubs have taken British coaches relatively recently. Um, there's a tradition with that as well. And there's a tradi- tradition with that, of course. Uh, France, a lot of old coaches in France, basically. In, so,
0: in Spain and Italy, isn't the turnover so high that you tend to get lots of managers give being given a chance simply because they're sacking them every six months? So that that might actually be a slightly skewed statistic. If you possibly. look at those those managers who are given a chance at the age of 35, 36, they might be given several chances in the 30s, 40s and 50s, simply because the turnover means Mm. that you haven't got enough managers to fill the jobs.
2: Mm. The other thing I was going to mention before, and it's relevant to this as well, is in terms of Premier League clubs might be looking at, well, we've got a very cosmopolitan playing staff. In fact, we've even got a cosmopolitan ownership structure. Mm, So really, we need a cosmopolitan coach to fit into that system, which is the kind of thing that might count against an Eddie Howe or a Sean Dyche. And I wonder whether... That's also true elsewhere in Europe, where again, to take the Bundesliga as an example, a majority of the clubs in the Bundesliga, their playing staff is made up of German players. Mm. So a German coach who's come through the same structure makes much more sense. And you know, you know we, we we do often assess things through the kaleidoscope of the Premier League, where there is, you know, a much more diverse football. Mm. Squad at the disposal
1: of most they, coaches.
0: They don't care about young English coaches because they're not English themselves. Yeah. Just well, had
1: that wonderful image of Sean Dyche doing an interview in Spanish. Is that what <laughs> you Can you do about? a Spanish Sean Dyche? Hola it <laughs> It'd just be, or Fred, it'd just be wonderful, wouldn't it, if he actually conducted it in a foreign language because he's gone over to he's learnt the language. A news <laughs>
0: Can we do all of your languages now? <laughs> Can we do Sean Dye's
3: doing Turn a sentence in Spanish,
0: in Spanish yeah. and Italian?
3: Hemos soldado, muy bien, estoy muy feliz. Yeah.
0: We play very well, I am happy. Yeah. There we go, I'm,
3: there go. Um, um, so I'm Oh, <laughs> hang no, on, I've, okay, I've got one more thing to say about that. I've got one more thing to about The this.
2: other thing you have to remember is, is kind of. I thought you were going to do Deutsch in French, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I did it in he French. Did it in French <laughs> I did it. Sorry, I wasn't Brilliant. paying attention. Brilliant. It was that <laughs> clear. The, the, um,
3: you don't uh, think about the horses go by cultural chin. spheres of influence as well. So, when Spanish teams looking for coaches. Sorry, Jim's
0: just waved.
2: waved.
1: At <laughs> no, just waved the back, people, they just waved
2: back. They just waved back. Were you waving at the horse? I was waving at the, horse, at the horse. And they
1: completely ignored <laughs> him. I was <laughs> waving at Geraldine and Barbara, the horses. Just pretending that it's such a regular occurrence that he knows the it horse. It is regular. I'm
0: waving at them and they just nothing. Nothing back. Anyway, sorry.
3: <laughs> You've got to think about cultural spheres of influence. So when Spanish teams are looking for, and to an extent Italian teams are looking for players and coaches, they're much more likely to tap into Latin America than... Than Northern Europe. You don't get a vast amount of Scandinavian coaches. Or even, I mean, I know that people, there's people like your pints, there have been German coaches in, well. in Italy and Spain, but it's not where they tend to look. So I wonder whether. For someone like Eddie Howe, look, and I'm sure he's thought about it. Richard Hughes, who I think is director of director recruitment of recruitment yeah. at Bournemouth, is an Italian speaker and was brought up in Italy, played for AC Milan and Atlanta. He's done yeah, a lot of work with
2: came Stephen Wyatt. Yeah, yeah he, grew, he grew up in Bergamo, played in Atlanta's youth.
1: Lovely man. He Richard co commentator, yeah. right here as well. Is this true? Has one one, of, one of the best I've ever encountered. Yeah, Close certainly. to being the best. Certainly
3: <laughs> one of the best I've sat around a table with, definitely. <laughs> really? He's also got a fantastic restaurant in Soho. Richard Hughes that Is I would that recommend right? people use called Melier Pere. It's, it's brilliant um, not too expensive Not in fact not expensive at all nice place for lunch anyway <laughs> the <laughs> but he's a cosmopolitan man so I'm sure yep. that I, I would be staggered if Eddie Howe's not talked to mm-hmm. Richard Hughes about kind of coaching abroad I'm sure that it's something Eddie Howe has thought about um, but I just wonder where he his opportunities would be because I'm mm-hmm. not sure that a top He's not going to get a top four or five job anywhere. A top, top, top job. A top, maybe not top four or five. He, he's not going to get Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atlético, uh, Bayern, or Juventus. Dortmund. Juventus. Would he get an Inter? I don't know.
0: Uh, no, not the way that the new owners are looking. There,
3: there would be. There would be a natural suspicion,
2: wouldn't there? Well, of, of course, you know they've had Roy Hodgson at Inter big Milan. Big you know, did very well. But that was bec- that was based on the success he'd already had abroad. Elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: They, they yeah well,
0: Roy Hudson went away at the very beginning of his yeah. career and then stayed it's away. It's quite
1: incredible. There. You're someone who's been so successful that you just say no, 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 no. So you just in a, you might as well just stay at Bournemouth for the rest of his life. Yeah, but that can't be his ceiling, does it But but is it going to be? Is it been forced upon him by what he's done? By circumstance, yeah. Yeah. And he, he he's just being judged on well you have got a team promoted you play really good football but we could never trust you with our club because ours is bigger than but so where where does the poor guy go? if he wants to go he might be very happy and he might stay there for for thirty years you can't see it but surely there's going to be some he's going to have to go somewhere else eventually but we're saying that no one's going to be willing to take him but so what it's would so Eddie strange has, when he's been so successful what, what would his path be then?
0: Well, I'm I'm confused about the fact that clubs generally don't tend to employ someone like Eddie Howe because they're they're risk averse and they don't want to take the chance with somebody like that. But they take the chance on all man- manner of yeah. managers and just sack them. It's got later to be less risky, he? so so I don't understand why they won't do it because of the risk. So if, if it is that, then fine. But if it isn't that, then what does yeah? What does it I
3: don't think it's to do with risk. I think it's there's the, a point in any manager's risk. I think it's the profile. So I think when when elite clubs. Look for managers. They want someone who's worked in an elite club,
0: or have been an elite player, or have, or have been Frank an elite Lampard player, yeah. and Steven Gerrard are much more likely to get those jobs that you've just listed yep. than Eddie Howe without succeeding in the way that Eddie Howe
3: has.
1: Or coaching at a top club, working the under somebody Thierry at a top Henry club, Henry would that help? goes as to well? Monaco. If you I'm
3: not sure in England whether how much we. At least he's had that. some
1: experience of working within the framework of a big club. Would yeah. that have helped? He went Possibly. straight from playing to. Managing, I presume he didn't work under anybody else. Anyhow. He? yeah,
3: I think so. Yeah, I think he was still playing manager at Bournemouth wasn't I he? At one so, point, yeah. he just
1: went straight in. Yeah,
2: overwhelmingly, the problem will be for an English manager, whether they want to work in England or abroad, is that you know what is the general perception of what their strengths will be. You know, they you might look to the, to the Italians as being tactically astute, the Dutch for you know footballing systems and, and progression, but still the stereotype, whether it's fair or not, is that an English coach will come in and you know it'll be about heart, passion, mm. aggression you Know maybe good mental aptitude winning against all the odds, but it still won't think that's be
1: the case, even with I'm, it, it, I'm sure it, someone it was... hangs over, I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so sure. lazy, so lazy I'm Definitely having it? a
2: conversation with somebody very recently about that still being the prevailing mood mm. when they're talking about you know, when top coaches get together or and discussing the strengths and weaknesses of managers from different places, those stereotypes still exist and they are still counting against the progression perhaps and of English coaches.
0: If we are nothing else, we are a podcast set up in order to challenge lazy, lazy generalisations and stereotyping, so therefore we should say, stop it.
3: There we go. Well, I was going to say that the, the other thing, Steve's right, but the other thing that will count against all English managers is the presumption across Europe that Premier League teams just spend money. That will be the other thing that a lot of clubs will look at and think, well, they solve their problems with money, They're not. how do you know if they're a good coach? It's not true of Bournemouth, necessarily. They have spent, but Eddie Howe has also turned you know, Simon Francis into a Premier League defender when he wasn't previously. And Steve Cook. Uh, there's still a lot of that kind of team yeah. That was with them in lead in the championship in lead one.
1: That that will be the huge challenge is that transition when those players it's start gone, to yeah. filter away. Is when how do you replace them, what kind of money are you willing to spend? And they've never done that before, yeah. but they've had success with a bank of players, and that'll be great for Eddie because he's got to go through that process of changing the team. Can you produce another yeah. successful team or, or, or a stabilizer team in the? In the there penalty? will
3: there will be this perception. Certainly, I would have thought in Germany, and France, and Italy, and Spain, that in uh, that English. Clubs just spend money that there's no triumph of coaching. I do wonder whether the the correct approach for an English manager who wants to get a top job in England is the is the McLaren model. So you go to a, you go somewhere like Holland, you win, you then get another job in a bigger European country, a bigger market, and more, with more exposure. Somewhere like Wolfsburg, obviously with with it McLaren, it, it, you it, don't win. <laughs> with McLaren, it didn't work. But I think that was. Pr- I think if he'd done well at Wolfsburg, yeah, he might have got back in. At a higher level in the Premier League than if he just worked his way, way back to Newcastle.
0: In I mean, Newcastle is a, a thriving. Newcastle is in the Everton yeah threshold. And
2: uh, and we, we, we mentioned when we did the the series about those who'd changed the, the shape of modern football. And when we were talking about Arsene Wenger, the, the, one of the downsides of what Wenger had achieved as, at Arsenal is ensuring that somebody like Arsene Wenger could never get that yeah. sort of job again. And the other name I wanted to bring up and. Um, today was Maurizio Pochettino, who had 18 months at Southampton, had one full season in charge, finished eighth, got the Tottenham job. Mm. Now, Tottenham might have been, at that point, comparable to how Everton are now. But Pochettino's done such a good job at Spurs that he's elevated them into being an established top-four side. So, whereas that might have been the kind of step that Eddie Howe could have made, that path no longer exists. So, there's sort of, when clubs make a good decision... It potentially cuts off that avenue for somebody else in the future, and that they'll also look at the situation. And perhaps even Eddie Howe and English football in general might look at the situation. Well, the problem is, is if Eddie Howe did succeed Maurizio Pochettino at Tottenham, and it didn't work out, mm. how long would that set things back further
3: for the next up-and-coming young British English manager to get that? In sort the same way as Eddie Howe suffers because of Rodgers and Moyes.
1: I was going to mention Gareth Southgate. Where, where does he fit in all this? If he were to... He's in the manager. Yes, I know he's in the <laughs> manager, but eventually... I he contract. won't be England manager. Is he in the Eddie Howe bracket of being... Because he's overseen, for England, huge success. Mm-hmm. Real tactical now against Spain as well, which we've probably not seen, or English coaches haven't been. I think Luis Enrique was quite surprised by the way that England tactically played against his team and, and beat them with tactics, which our English coach is really good at that. Southgate has shown. But if he were to become available... Would he, would the top clubs in Europe, you know what would happen? Be Looking at him, Eddie Howard get the England job, and he get the Bournemouth job? I'm,
3: I've <laughs> never been more sure of anything than, I, than of the fact that in 2024 I'll be writing a piece about, not sure who for might I mean, sacked, but <laughs> I will be writing a piece about how Dareth Southgate has failed at Manchester United or Chelsea.
1: Yeah, seriously, you think he's... He will get
3: a big club job because he's been in the manager and there is a decent chance that it, well, it, as in fact, there is a 100% chance because at some point it will not work out and he will be sacked from that job. That, that is what is in Gareth Southgate's future, presuming he continues to do as well with England as he has been.
2: That actually feels like quite an encouraging future to me, though. Yeah. What, Rory getting
1: sacked? Oh, <laughs> no, the bit. Yeah, yeah, bit sorry. The the, the, sorry.
2: The idea that Gareth Southgate might get a top job on the back of doing well as England coach would feel, yeah. feel like a step in the
0: right direction. But the, so the stepping stone for Eddie Howe is to get the England job. Yeah. That's how you do it, because no club job is going to be big enough. As a stepping stone. So you get the English. Job I have and a sneaky
3: suspicion that can... Eddie Ham might get the Spurs job and Pochettino leaves, if I'm completely honest. Rendering we... this whole conversation moot.
0: B- moot, but not for right now, which is useful. We finish with what has no doubt been anticipated by you all with no little desperation. Chinch's soccer story last week and this has taken the form of a select eleven. Mm. Uh, he's been picking a dream team of players. He was lucky enough to call a colleague last week. It was the goalkeeper and defenders, um, and it was Neville Southall in goal. Yes. Right back, Earl Barrett. Yes. Two centre backs of Dave Watson and Des Walker, and left back was late Andy, late. Obvious. Andy Obvious. <laughs> Obvious. Um Yes. So it's time for never mind Jack and Ori what a soccer story select 11 this is when Andy selects his dream team of players he played with while making sure all adult behaviour and libel worthy details have been removed from the reasons behind their inclusion so
1: a midfield four Mm. so we're going to have wide men and and two
0: British people are so stuck in their ways yeah
1: no wonder you can't get a top yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. You'd get a top job if you started playing. I don't want a top job, thank you very much. I'm an idiot. Anyway, right-hand-sided... <laughs> Plus, if right-hand you any sided, players who've played right-hand... for Everton,
2: Sheffield Wednesday or Manchester
1: City... <laughs> yes. yeah. I'll give you a Could clue. It... Uh, a right-hand-sided... Was he a Ukrainian powerhouse? Yes. Was. Yeah. I bet was you can't guess who Ukrainian. I'm talking about. Andrei Kanchelskis. Andrej Kanchelskis, an incredibly funny man a man who did like to spend money on the lottery for some reason. (laughs) Thousands of pounds this guy spent on lottery tickets. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Haven't you already won the lottery, Andre? (laughs) Football. Uh,
3: Andrew Tanchelski spent thousands of pounds on lottery tickets.
1: Log- 160 pounds. Pa- he come with his wads of lottery tickets. Is, that, is this a Ukrainian thing, or what on earth are you doing? Spending, buying. What, what are you hoping to gain that you haven't already He's got? Wasting
2: soccer stories all over the place. <laughs> Sorry, I just
1: realised now That's as I start talking about these people, there's stories. I remember getting, getting, we used to get picked up on a roundabout on the M6 Junction 19, and Andre used to meet us there. Pocketfuls of. What are you doing, man? Haven't you already won that? Anyway, football-wise. Just at the side of the roundabout. <laughs> yes, we all used to. Park our cars up at the petrol station and then all trundling so our tracksuits. We talked and wait about by service stations
0: last week. That's Knott's services.
1: No, 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 no. It was Junction that was. A, used to I don't know it's changed now because yeah, they, they put they a new road and a oh, new right. motorway gun in, but there used to be a little petrol station. They did. Oh, yeah. on the, the one by the little chef. Yeah. Yes, 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 the
3: little chef. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> was it just we
2: a lot of Fiat <laughs> t Yeah,
1: all lined up. So yeah, that was where we used to get picked up and all stand there and then the Is coach used to be like laid for three quarters of an hour.
3: Stabbing by the thumb a
0: lip.
1: No, we were waiting for the cope. Anyway, But what a player. But I used to play against him in in training every single... Willie Donaghy used to do... I didn't realise, it took me about six months to realise what he was doing. I used to play against Andre every single day and it was mainly for the reason to improve me because there there was nobody better, stronger, faster, more well-balanced, not mentally but with his feet, than Andre Kincelski. And it was, he, he made me such a, and I every I knew when the train station was set up, I think, oh, not again, but it was that's why Willie said, When are you going to realize why we're doing this? It's for your benefit. And I just didn't see it at the time, but it, it did, it worked. So Andre Kancelsky on the right, on the I right, on the left, on the left, it's quite so, poignant. This one, it's quite poignant oh, for my Everton days, right? Gary Speed, Gary yes. Speed, yes, Gary Speed, what a gentleman, what a footballer, what an unselfish. Player as well, and for if you're playing in that system to have Gary Speed ahead of you, you overlapped, and which I tend to do quite brilliantly, he would be the one that would just again, just an absolutely sensational. I don't think he was underrated. He wasn't underrated. He Gary was a bit Street. underrated. Think he was underrated? Spree, yeah, he's a fantastic player. And you only get to you play against players like that, but then they went, then they come to your club and then you see them. And again, his professionalism, warming up before the warm-up stuff that he did that were again five years ahead of their time. Just he did naturally. But what a really down-to-earth, lovely guy. And it's such a shame, of course, what happened. But to play with, with, with Gary for two or three years was just absolutely fantastic, perfectly the player you wanted to play in front of you, playing left back. But the two central midfielders the most gifted player, most gifted England player of the last 30 years. Gazgoyne? gazza It's got to be Gaza, hasn't it? Just along with... Well, I can't mention the other person because that'll give away one of my centre forwards. But the most gifted individual player. For him to be English, I think that's the beauty, is that the players that you play with that are naturally talented tend to be foreign players. That just tends to be the way. But he was just... You, you can't define how good he was. You see him in training. Again, when you start training and being around these people day after day, you realise just how crazy they are, but also <laughs> how you just, I don't know how you can, you can't, I don't think you can coach that. I don't know whether Steve and I have talked about the progression through academies now of young players. And, and whether trips to London. And you know, the trips to London yeah. together, Stelman the week. I'm a jealous. Whether yeah. we, uh, would, would Paul Gascoigne be to produced today? Ago, I don't know. If he was a young to. kid coming through the system, would, would he still end up being the player that Possibly he was? Not. But yeah, a wild card, but just someone, you could do things with the ball that you just can't, who's your who's the your other points. centre mid so well this is, the, this, this is somebody who'll have to do some running and some marking and some um, tackling I've not really gone for the this is the no trouble balance, I think no I've balance. kind of gone for more of a a dream 11 rather than a functional because it should be Joe Parkinson one of the dogs of war in there alongside Gaza, because he could then hold the fort as Gaza rampaged around. Were you one of the dogs of war? I was a chihuahua of destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I called myself. Yeah, I played my part but I it to bark and then run away. <laughs> Whereas Barry Horn, Barry Horn could have been in there as well. Oh. You need, alongside Gaza, you need a midfield lunatic, don't you, who will <laughs> basically kill people if, that, if it need be. But I've gone for Paul Scholes. As he's not, oh. clearly not a counterbalance to no, when they
0: they would have done a nice little job to get
1: together. Yeah, later
3: life, worked, Paul Scholes yeah. life.
1: could they have worked?
3: He would have, Paul Scholes would have held sort of sprayed balls around, then done off the pitch and slagged off whoever was Man United <laughs> manager. <I> have, yes, <laughs> I've never seen
1: anyone who looked so athletically inept as Paul Scholes hit a ball as sweetly as Paul Scholes. He had no muscles in his legs and yet can strike. A bit like Jordan Pickford. You no, know, just Jordan Pickford. If you look at his legs, I know you shouldn't really advise people to do this, but he doesn't seem to have any muscles in his legs, yet when he strikes the ball, it's all in the contact and the sweetness of the strike. And skulls. remember that volley he scored? Was it against mm. Aston Villa? From the edge of the box, from the corner. Yeah. And he, just, he did one against Bradford as well. It's just, yeah. It was just... Effortless, and it was just kind of the power he got from something that was just so you'd have been that looked that so game. lazy. That, that it, was Villa, it was a cup a Villa Cup tie,
0: wasn't uh, it? I don't think I was, I think it was just
3: know, before my time. They played Villa in the third round of the cup about 15 years in a row, it was very <laughs> hard to tell which one it was.
1: He was very dry, his humour was very dry. I remember <laughs> when I got called back into the England squad. Anyway, sorry, yeah, sorry, getting away from the <laughs> really important. No, tell us that story. It's again, no, it's not really, it's just a little insight. I got called back into the England squad after I'd had a knee injury, and it was in the game where England drew 0 0 out in Italy. Mm. I think uh, Pauline's cut his head open with Junior and we qualified for, must have been the 98 Eight, World okay. Cup. How many World Cups did you qualify um, for? I, so, I went perilously close to going to one. <laughs> um, I got to La Manga, that's as close as I got to the uh, the World Cup. But yeah, so I was back in the squad, so I was only really there just to, to try, I think I've told the story, going, huddle, yes. trying to make me use my yeah. right foot, yeah. fool. Um, but we were having food every day, and of course, when you stay in these posh hotels, all the food's laid on. And there was lots of mozzarella balls. I'm a big fan of buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> and I used to eat quite a lot of mozzarella because I wasn't playing I was just training getting myself fully fit again and I remember Paul Scholes he very rarely said anything at the dining table but I remember once everyone was leaving what was he normally do when I sat down and he just walked past me and said you're going to turn into a mozzarella ball and he just what? that's all he said to me the whole trip he was just cutting and it cut me it cut me deep it, it really did yeah that's his way of showing you that he he respects you how is How's and, that a mark of respect you're going to turn into a big ball of cheese you big fat clown who are your two strikers I can't what two strikers you want them now yeah yes. you're going to have
2: to play somebody up front Chinch.
1: well I, I, I'm going for an incongruous mix of Paolo Di and Andy Booth which <laughs> I personally think would have worked really well how is Big Doug not getting in this team hey, he's got his pigeons he'll be alright <laughs> But if you're going to get crosses into the box, Andre, clearly, Speedo, Speedo, myself, Earl Barrett, not so much. Um, <laughs> you're going to need someone on the end of them. And Boothie.
3: Hang on, who were the strikers in the end of the strikers? You, you played with Shearer and... Still, Shearer, Shearer and Booth,
1: take your choice. <laughs> I know Shearer. One I'd go with. <laughs> Alan Are you telling Shearer. me Alan Shearer was a consistent goal scorer? You're deluded. He really wasn't. <laughs> are you telling me that you, in comparing Alan Shearer and Andy Booth... Mm. Say that Andy Booth is a better player. I personally think yes, he was more of my type of player, and I Cats. didn't like that one-arm celebration, Shearers It was just samey, wasn't it? How do you
3: feel about Di
1: one-arm celebration? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't so good. That wasn't so good. But again, Pat, I get like Gazza. Gazza, and Paolo Di Canio in the same team. Come on, it doesn't get any better. What than Benny Carboni? Again, Andy Booth there ahead on merit. <laughs> Teddy Sheringham, Andy Cole. We don't need any of those types. Oh, look like he's trolling Andy I'd Booth, love to though. know what Carboni and pl-
3: Di thought of Andy Booth.
1: A- Andy Booth should be in some dream team somewhere because he probably never has been selected and I think that's really unfair. He's a pity selection. He was underrated at Tottenham. He was worse than he was. <laughs> <laughs> who Who's your manager for
0: your dreams? You oh, dream team? Oh, there is only
1: one. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to do the alternative Aren't I? The, uh, yes, the, the, yeah, alternative yeah. the alternative one is alternative come in later. Universe, so coach, the. alternative universe. So it won't be. It has to be. Well, it's going to have to be the combo of Joel Royal and Willie so Donoghue because right. they simply brought the best out of me and made me an international and a, a very wealthy man. Andrew, thank <laughs> you very much indeed. Uh, your your team is Neville Southall in goal, Earl
0: Barrett, Dave Watson, Des Walker, and Andy Hinchcliffe. Who what is a team. The best left back you ever played against. Come on. Um, Andre kan, kan, Kancelskis um, on one side, Gary Speed on the other, Gascoigne and Skulls in the middle, with D- Canny un- and Pooh.
1: That is a Um, team. That would strike fear in the hearts of many... The will Champions to live, League winner
0: and indeed any respect for your decisions towards the end. Uh, but thank you very much indeed. We leave you with a reminder of how to get in touch at Set Menu in, on Twitter or Menu at gmail.com, facebook.com forward slash Menu. Uh, please subscribe, share, rate and review as we humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule. Thank you to Steve, Rory, Andy and to you all for listening. We'll be back with another setpiece menu for you to enjoy very soon indeed. So we can like do a Nightmare 11. Am I going to be allowed yeah, to that do, be a be great.
2: Great. do a yeah. Nightmare 11? That'll be even better. Was that quite a cathartic experience for you do you think?
1: Yeah, because I just think I, I, I do genuinely I'm not just saying Andy Booth just to be bloody minded You are He was great You are, you are. He was great and
3: I do wonder whether what we need to inspire you for the next century of episodes mm. is to just we, we need to just throw a player name at you that you've played with and then you have to tell us your first memory There will be there Of will that, be. the memory oh, that comes to it's mind It's
0: like a mallet's mallet version of Or someone I played a,
1: playing against someone do, well. Oh yeah, yeah. Just f-
3: someone from your era here's, yeah. here's
1: one Here's one Robbie Savage mm. <laughs> There's so many words I want you to use. To, you
0: have to go for lunch now, don't you? Off to, off to lunch yeah. with friends. But you got to remember, I do Robbie see Savage Robbie Savage.
1: We, we train at the local well, exactly, gymnasium is he, is together, so we're still close friends. Good friends? Is it, is it yeah. you you're mm. going to lunch with him today? No, no. 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 Why would you do that? Would you want to spend you know, social time with him? If you work, wise you have to be around him? And of course, but not going to choose to be around him in your downtime. not an idiot.